What is up everyone? It's Quinn here. And in this video, I'm going to be going through some of the top week seven waiver wire targets. We have six teams on buy in week seven. So you could be in a spot where you need to pick up a streaming option, whether it's at the running back, wide receiver, quarterback, tight end position, maybe you're streaming a defense. We're going to be covering every single position in these videos. If you guys enjoy, hit the like button, subscribe to the channel. Any fantasy questions, drop them down below. I'll make sure to get back to you as soon as I can. These are going to be players who are available in 60% or more leagues using the uh, ESPN fantasy football waiver wire stats. So these guys are rostered in 40% or fewer leagues. And let's just dive right into the running back position. We're going to start it off here with Jordan Mason. He's currently rostered in only 1.4% of leagues. And we saw CMC leave early with an oblique injury. Now we're not quite sure exactly how serious that injury is going to be. And I think a lot of people would assume that you should go out and pick up Elijah Mitchell because in previous seasons, Elijah Mitchell has been that clear CMC handcuff, but it looks like Jordan Mason has kind of stepped up and earned that spot. We've had Mitchell miss some games with, I believe, a knee injury, but he was actually healthy, active for this game. He did get in, but he only played seven snaps to Jordan Mason's 15. Mason logged five carries to Mitchell's two, and then Jordan Mason ran nine routes to Elijah Mitchell's five. So on all accounts, Jordan Mason played the larger role compared to Elijah Mitchell. So if CMC is going to miss some time, I think Mason would be the guy you want to go out there and get. Obviously, the running back one role on this 49ers offense is going to be very, very valuable. So someone you should definitely be looking out for on the waiver wire. Now, the next running back is going to be Devin Singletary, and he could honestly be like the running back you should be going out and getting, um, assuming CMC's injury isn't super long-term. He's rostered in 27.5% of leagues, but Damian Pierce may have actually lost this starting job to Devin Singletary here in week six. Not saying that like Pierce did something terrible in this game that led him to lose the job, but in terms of the usage, Devin Singletary played 13 more snaps. Uh, he ran nine more routes compared to Damian Pierce. Pierce did log one more carry, but Singletary had two targets to zero for Damian Pierce. And then Devin Singletary was also the way more efficient option. So in previous weeks, we had seen Devin Singletary operating as the receiving back. Damian Pierce was getting a large workload on the ground. This week, they pretty much split that workload on the ground 50-50, which is really terrible for Pierce moving forward. But then Singletary kept his role as the receiving back. So, I mean, if that usage sticks, Devin Singletary is the running back to own here. Obviously, that's not something that's set in stone here after week six, but Devin Singletary definitely needs to be rostered in way more leagues after his uh, week six usage. That's going to lead us into Tajay Spears, who just barely made the cut. He's rostered in 39.3% of leagues, and he went out um, in the early game on Sunday outsnapped Derrick Henry for the third time this season. So in 50% of their games, he has played more snaps than Derrick Henry. This was a pretty solid fantasy day from Derrick Henry, but we also saw Tajay Spears make an impact, had a big 48-yard reception, actually ended up being the leading receiver just based on that one reception, but he continues to be involved. It's going to be tough for him to actually be playable week to week just because this Titans offense is looking so rough, and this is going to be a split with Derrick Henry, with Henry taking a lot of the carries. But it's very clear that if Derrick Henry were to go down, Tajay Spears would be stepping into a huge workload. And I actually think you could make an argument that if Derrick Henry was out, Tajay Spears becomes more valuable of a running back than Derrick Henry is right now when he's healthy because he would have that receiving workload. He'd also likely take a ton of work on the ground. So Tajay Spears, one of, if not the most valuable handcuff in fantasy football. Now the next running back is going to be Craig Reynolds. He's rostered in 5.3% of leagues. 
And this just comes down to the Lions running back room being very banged up. We saw David Montgomery leave with a rib injury. He did not return. This was supposed to be like a smash game for David Montgomery. Uh, no Jameer Gibbs. He had a huge workload last week. It was a rough start. The Bucks' run defense is tough, and then he goes down with the rib injury, which is very unfortunate for David Montgomery. And then you have Jameer Gibbs, who has missed the last two weeks, and it's not like Jameer Gibbs has been like game-time decisions. They have ruled him out a day or two before the game actually happened, so it's no guarantee that Jameer Gibbs is back here in Week 7. So for Craig Reynolds, if Gibbs and Montgomery are not able to give it a go, he probably becomes startable as, like at worst, an RB3 flex option. He likely would be the guy to lead that running back room, and it is possible just looking at the injuries to Montgomery and Jameer Gibbs. Then we're going to have Keontae Ingram, who is rostered in 9% of leagues. There was a lot of talk this week about this Cardinals running back room and kind of what direction they would go in. You had uh, Di Mercado step up. He played really well when James Conner went down. But then you had Keontae Ingram, who had been banged up. He wasn't healthy for that game. So the question was, who was going to go out there, get the uh, larger role? We actually saw Di Mercado take the most snaps, but a lot of that was just kind of like empty running routes late in the game. Um, Keontae Ingram led all running backs in carries and targets. I think this is probably a running back room you want to fade in the short term. Like, I wouldn't be super excited to go out and throw Keontae Ingram into my lineup in week uh, seven. Like, maybe you're forced to just based on all the bye weeks, but I wouldn't love it. I just think if there is a running back who has the best shot at, like, being the number one and someone you actually want to play while James Conner's out, I think after this week, Keontae Ingram is probably the guy you would want to look to for that. Rostered in under 10% of leagues, so he probably is going to be out there on the waiver wire. Now we're going to have Kareem Hunt, who was rostered in 27% of leagues, and this was a pretty solid split between Jerome Ford and Kareem Hunt. We saw Ford play 38 snaps to Kareem Hunt's 28. They both ran 13 routes, uh, 17 carries for Jerome Ford, 12 for Kareem Hunt, and then they both saw uh, two targets. We did see fantasy-wise Kareem Hunt outscored Jerome Ford, but it's just because he got into the end zone. So I still think that Jerome Ford is the better option moving forward. But who knows, Kareem Hunt could gain on him. An injury to Ford could set Kareem Hunt up well, but someone who definitely needs to be rostered in pretty much like every competitive league and even in some smaller leagues, like 27%, way too low for Kareem Hunt, especially with the role he flashed here in uh, week six. Now we're kind of just getting into the handcuff options. Kenneth Gainwell rostered in 30.5% of leagues. The clear uh, DeAndre Swift handcuff. Zach Charbonnet rostered in 35% of leagues. The Kenneth Walker handcuff. Um, you know, it may just seem like I'm blowing by these, but it is very important to go out there and snag these handcuffs, especially if you're like on a struggling team, you're lacking some talent, some depth. It may not seem like a good idea to pick these handcuffs because they're not going to do anything week to week. But if you're struggling, you're going to need some sort of turnaround on your team. An injury to the starters on these teams bumps up a Charbonnet, a Gainwell, to a potential running back one. You're not going to find those by you know going after the Kareem Hunts, the Keontae Ingrams. Those guys aren't going to deliver you that type of production, even if they're leading the backfield. If Swift goes down, if Kenneth Walker goes down, Charbonnet and Gainwell instantly become guys you love starting in your fantasy lineups. So keep that in mind here. A couple more handcuffs. Tank Bigsby rostered in 9.9% of leagues. The ETN handcuff. And then Latavius Murray, I think, becomes interesting at 6.2% ownership. Obviously, terrible news with the uh, Damian Harris situation. At least it seemed like he had movement in his uh, extremities. At least that was the report during the game. But behind James Cook, there had kind of been this two-man split with Latavius Murray and uh, Damian Harris. 
At this point, you can't imagine that Damian Harris is going to be playing anytime soon, which now opens up Latavius Murray to be that handcuff option. So obviously, for like real life perspective, terrible news for Damian Harris. But fantasy wise, I do think it makes uh, Latavius Murray a little bit more rosterable going forward. Now shifting over to the wide receiver position, I want to start it off here with Rasheed Rice, who is rostered in 30.4% of leagues. He still hasn't necessarily broken out in terms of running a ton of routes. He only had a 48% route participation, which isn't good, um, but it's way better than what we saw last week. And he just continues to earn targets and produce four receptions for 72 yards. Uh, Rasheed Rice is leading the Chiefs wide receivers in receptions and receiving yards, despite playing fewer snaps than MVS, Sky Moore, and Justin Watson. And he's played like significantly fewer snaps than uh, Marquez Valdez-Scantling and Sky Moore, yet he continues to outproduce them. You have to imagine it's just a matter of time before he locks up a starting role. We saw Sky Moore actually only run one more route compared to Rasheed Rice, so it seems like he's already gaining on him. I just think looking at this Chiefs wide receiver room, they need someone to make an impact. Rasheed Rice, I think, has proven that he can be that guy when they give him the opportunities. I think the opportunities have to come moving forward. So I do like him. I do think he has some upside moving forward in this uh, Chiefs offense. Then we're going to have Josh Downs, another rookie, rostered in 31.9% of leagues. He kind of had his fantasy day saved by a touchdown, only 5 for 21 also with that touchdown, like I mentioned, but he logged another solid target game, targeted eight times. I do think he's playable, especially in PPR leagues with Gardner Minshew at quarterback. He heavily targets Josh Downs. There's going to be more passing volume. So I do think he's interesting. I always talk about this with these young uh, rookie wide receivers, even second year guys. You want to start to uh, add them to your team before they really have that huge breakout. We've seen it the last few years, your Christian Watsons, your Amon Rossing Browns. These guys can really come out of nowhere and go on tears down the stretch. So you want to kind of get ahead of it. You don't want to be the guy who lets them sit on the waiver wire, get scooped up, and then they're just running through your team in the fantasy playoffs. You want to be the player kind of getting the benefits of that. And now shifting over to a completely different type of wide receiver, we have Curtis Samuel, who's more of like the veteran option, rostered in 28.3% of leagues. I think he's the kind of guy who lacks any sort of real upside, right? For Josh Downs, Rasheed Rice, you can make the case that these guys really start to break out later on. Tough to see that out of Curtis Samuel, just the way this uh, commander's offense is structured. But through six weeks, he's averaging 12.6 PPR points per game. The commanders are really focused on spreading the ball around. They're not just like target funneling Terry McLaurin, which I think a lot of people would argue is not necessarily the best process but he is just right behind Terry McLaurin in terms of fantasy points through six weeks. So he could potentially be playable in these heavy bye weeks where we have like six teams on bye, maybe scoop him up, throw him into your lineup and then pivot off of him. I think you could do worse than Curtis Samuel. Then we're going to pivot back to the younger wide receivers. Jamison Williams rostered in 34.4% of leagues. He finally makes an impact. I know it was his second game back, so I guess finally is not the right word there, but he makes an impact in his second game. Three targets, two receptions, 53 yards, and a touchdown. His touchdown catch was impressive. It was a deep play. He tracked it really well. So good to see him making plays. His routes really weren't anything special. You still had Josh Reynolds locked into that uh, wide receiver two role, but you have to expect he's going to start to improve on his usage. Josh Reynolds ran a ton of snaps and really didn't do anything. So JMO should continue to get more and more involved. And this is just an offense you want to be a part of, right? Every position they have someone relevant. Amon Ross St. Brown is killing it. Sam Laporta has been great at the uh, tight end position. David Montgomery, Jameer Gibbs, whatever guy's starting is going to give you solid production. So this is a strong offense and JMO has the opportunity to be the number two there. 
And then the final player here, I have him last because he just did like barely miss the ownership requirement. He's rostered in 40.7% of leagues, so technically does not qualify for this video. And he hasn't played this week playing here tonight on Monday Night Football. But I do think if he is out there on your waiver wire, you have to go pick up Quinton Johnston. He hasn't really done anything super spectacular to start off the season. But at worst right now, he's the wide receiver three on a strong passing attack. Also, they're coming off the bye week. Uh, rookies tend to kind of break out after the bye. Teams adjust. They start to get them more involved. So it is possible that we look at that Monday night game and Quinton Johnson's operating as the wide receiver two with Palmer as the wide receiver three. Even if that's not the case, I still think Johnson has a lot of time to break out. There's a lot of season left. He's a talented first round wide receiver paired with Justin Herbert. He's just a guy you want to be holding on to as like a lottery ticket. Now pivoting over to the quarterback position, only five wide receivers for this video. A lot of the young guys really haven't been flashing as of late, but now looking at the quarterbacks here, just two guys. Got to start it off with Sam Howell again, rostered in 19.1% of leagues. On the season, he's averaging 16.7 points per game, which is solid like high-end QB2 production. He has put up 15 or more fantasy points in five out of six games and 18 or more fantasy points in four out of six games. So he really just had the one clunker against the Bills and in every other game, he's been solid. If you need a streaming option during some weeks, um, Sam Howell could definitely be that guy for you. He does play in week seven. So if you have some of those other quarterbacks on by, he could be your guy. Another guy who could be that option is Baker Mayfield, rostered in 19.7% of leagues. He really had a kind of a down game against the Lions, and I do think he's a little bit banged up. But if he is able to play here in week seven, you've got like probably three potential fantasy starting quarterbacks that are on by. He could be more of the streaming option that's more likely available. Uh, Mayfield goes up against the Falcons, so a decent matchup there. We just saw Sam Howell perform well against them. So those are going to be the two quarterbacks. And now pivoting over to the tight end position, typically a really rough spot in this uh, waiver wire video. I do think there are some interesting options this week. Going to start it off here with Luke Musgrave, as I typically do. He's rostered in 17.7% of leagues. That actually fell because the Packers were on by, so he got dropped in some leagues. He led the Packers in routes run through the first three weeks. He left early on in week four with a concussion. He came back in week five. He was actually benched kind of early on in that game for, I think, like a little bit over a drive. He was completely out started filtering back in, still logged a 69% route participation despite being benched for like a full drive plus, which is impressive and saw seven targets. So he's still very involved in this offense. He's running a solid number of routes. Definitely someone who should be rostered, especially on some uh, teams that are in need at the tight end position. Then we're going to have Logan Thomas, and I'm surprised he isn't rostered in more leagues after his huge Thursday night football. He just made the cut being rostered in 39.1% of leagues, but like I referenced, he had a 20.7 PPR point game in week five. So even though he only had one reception here in week six, he's still going to be relevant as a streaming option. The bar is very low. Not a ton of tight ends have the ceiling that he showed in week five. So someone who's definitely still relevant as a potential streaming option. Then we have Michael Mayer, and good to see, you know, kind of some action here out of Michael Mayer, rostered in only 1.4% of leagues, and it's kind of warranted because he was a complete non-factor through the first five weeks. In the first five weeks, he had five total targets. He has a huge breakout here in week six. He goes from five targets in weeks one through five to six targets here in week six alone, uh, catches five of those for 75 yards. This also used to be a tight end by committee between him and Austin Hooper, pretty much splitting the routes 50-50. This is no longer that committee. He got bumped up to 67% route participation 
Still not a great number. Like you'd like that to be higher, but with how well he played here in week six, I could definitely see that role expanding. So not someone you necessarily want to pick up and like plug and play right away, but someone where maybe you want to stash him, hope he continues to build on that role, and then he becomes relevant down the stretch. Kind of like some of those, uh, you know, rookie wide receivers I've been talking about. And then the final tight end here is going to be Jonu Smith, rostered in 14.4% of leagues. And this is just one of those situations where it feels gross, but he just continues to produce for fantasy. Over the past five games, he's averaging 6.4 targets per game, which isn't anything crazy, but for a streaming tight end, that's a fine number. Over those same five games, averaging 11.4 PPR points per game, and he has scored eight or more PPR points in all five of those. So you could do worse as a streaming option. It kind of feels like a situation where as soon as you pick him up and play him, that's where he's just going to fall back down to earth. But who knows? You probably don't have a ton of options out there. So Johnny Smith could be a guy you look at. And then the final position here, the defenses. Even with the uh, six teams on by, you might think it's a rough week for streaming defenses. It's actually pretty great. I think we have five really strong options in this video. First off, we have the Rams rostered in 3.7% of leagues going up against the Steelers. For the Rams, we just saw them shut down the Cardinals. Steelers offense has looked terrible. I know they're coming off the bye, but can't imagine they've gotten wildly better over that time. Then we have the Seahawks rostered in 19.5% of leagues going up against the Cardinals. They hung tough with the Bengals. Didn't really let Joe Burrow feast. We just saw the Cardinals really struggle going up against the Rams. So I like that here for the Seahawks. Seahawks defense impressive in uh, back-to-back weeks after they just dominated the Giants. Then we have the Raiders, who are rostered in 21.9% of leagues. They go up against the Bears. Justin Fields with the dislocated thumb on his throwing hand. Can't imagine he's going to be good to go for Week 7. And without Justin Fields, I mean, that offense could get really ugly. Then we have the Buccaneers, rostered in 21.6% of leagues, going up against the Falcons. This Falcons offense has not looked great. Bucks defense looked pretty solid going up against the Lions. Not locked down, but Lions are a much better offense than the Falcons. And then we have the Packers, rostered in 28.6% of leagues, going up against the Broncos. The Broncos offense has not looked impressive. Uh, Packers coming off the bye, so potential, you know, some extra rest there. I really like all five of those streaming options. Really a great week to be streaming your defenses. But that is going to wrap it up for the top waiver wire targets. Hope you all enjoyed the video. If you did, hit that like button, subscribe to the channel if you're not already subscribed. Um, But then I'm going to be jumping into my buy low and sell high player videos. So check those out if you are interested. Those are coming out today. Thank you as always for stopping by and I will see you in the next one.